How many people live in L.A. and have lived in L.A.? Right? How many people lived in New York? Okay. Okay, I guess everybody got the bi-coastal dream, like, popping, right? Okay. Um, one of the biggest things, though, is we want to start cultivating, like, curating this community of just fly, passionate, creative, driven people who all have a lifestyle to want to do better, create more, empower other people, build things that matter, move culture forward, but still be fly, have fun, have good energy, and collaborate and connect with, with each other in a real way because we all know how LA gets with the networking and all the Hollywood and the culture of that. That shit is whack. I don't promote that. I don't endorse that. I don't subscribe to that. So what we're going to do is bring together people who are genuine, who want to rock, and hopefully give you guys information, tools, tips, bring these talks together so that hopefully you take something away from here that you can apply to your life, your career, and other parts of your life. Cool? So we all agree to that. Yeah? Clap it up for that. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know, thank you for coming into space. My name is Julian Mitchell. I love you too, Kiki. So while she got the phone out too, so uh, this is Get Paid to Be Yourself. It's a live talk with Dame Dash. G-P-P-B-Y. Yes, fact check? Okay. Um, so you can hashtag that. If you hear a sound bite, a quote, you're inspired by something, be sure. You can Instagram it, tweet it, all right? So we got that out the way, for sure. Uh, Julian Mitchell, currently a Forbes columnist. Been with Forbes almost three years, covering entrepreneurs and startups. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to the Get Paid to Be Yourself alumni. Rashad Drakeford in the front, yes. Um, covering entrepreneurs and startups that are disrupting industries, that are changing business models. Been doing that for about a year and a half. We're like a couple hundred features into that. Prior to entrepreneurs and startups, I was in music, media, entertainment. I had a column called The Code, and that was all about the people who were behind the scenes making the industry go, who were changing things, disrupting things. Um, and so that's really where Get Paid to Be Yourself was birthed. The idea would Get Paid to Be Yourself started from my own experience. It was me coming up, uh, having all this passion and all these different talents and this big vision for what I wanted to do. But like most people, feeling like you got to fit it in a box, right? Like you got to try to fit all this creativity and all this passion into one career, into one job, into one space. And then you, what, what happens? Like you go super hard in one space. You can kill it. You can build it. You can do all the things you want to do. Then you want to do more, and then you got to stop. And then you either quit or you jump to something else or you move around. So the idea was when I started seeing that, the vision and the culture of me. We'll look at it as the culture of yourself, right? Like everybody has a look, a language, a lifestyle, a set of experiences and talents to express those things. When I realized that that stayed with me and that was transferable no matter what industry I was in, then I started realizing literally I was getting paid to be me. The shit that I liked, the things that I thought were fly and my ability to bring those things to life, right? So seeing that, telling other creators that like five, six years ago, it was like, what? Like, what's that even mean? Like, how do you do that? You know, like, we're still trying to get our resumes tight. Like, what are we talking about? But then over time, it was dynamic creators, thinkers, builders who have built dynamic careers rooted in who they are, like turning who you are into what you do for a living. So that's the concept behind that. And then it's expanded into talks and workshops and really becoming a practice that you can take the philosophy and apply it to your careers in your life, right? So... Without further ado, I'm really excited. How many people have read the Dame Dash Get Paid to Be Yourself speech? 
couple. Okay, so that's why I'm glad we're here tonight, because people who didn't read it. Okay, um, but we're going to bring him out. I mean, he really needs no introduction, but he's an entrepreneur, of course, built Rockefeller, built the careers. He actually, like, got people in the game, like Kevin Hart, Hove, of course, Kanye West, a lot of people. He's always had the eye. He was one of the first people to champion creators and fight for them. Literally, you can YouTube it, you can Google it, um, going in the office at people's necks. But I feel like the thing about Dane before we get into this is that he's really been ahead of his time in a lot of ways, like the attitude, the approach, the style. So now when we see the Gary V's of the world and we see the different people who can be unapologetic and relentless and just say what they want and do what they want and just say fuck corporate America and fuck this and all that, that we celebrate now, he was doing that two decades ago, right? Um, so let's give it up for Mr. Dame Dash. <laughs> Dusko Poppington. Give it up, give it up. Oh, he brought the pup out. Gonna introduce the pup. Okay, so this is very Dame Dash like that. He had infiltrated the coffee table with all the Dusko, the Dusko blue. <laughs> Facts. Cool. Let's say what up. So I think we can just jump right into it, man. We gave the introduction. I think how many people in here work a corporate job? Like you work a job in whatever industry, even if it's a creative industry, you work in corporate jobs, right? Um, you've always been, like we just mentioned, a champion for creators and the thinkers, the people who actually do the work and make things move. But at the same time, like there was that, that moment or that point in your career that people know you for, that time where you were in the offices, where you were the one literally fighting for them. Like what was the thought process or the feeling, that frustration that you felt? Because I'm sure a lot of people here probably can relate to that feeling in those spaces that you really championed or you wanted to fight for. Well, you know, I always understood what corporate did. They exploit. Mm. And um, when I was in a corporate scenario, I didn't go under the normal conditions. I didn't work for them. They were, they were my partners. But I saw how they were acting, how they were treating the rest of the culture. So I took, like, joy in punishing them for trying to exploit artists so much. So it would be like, I'm not going to be here. It was like as if I was a criminal and I had criminal right. friends and I was, like, running to jail. So all my friends that were criminals would be able to do whatever they want to do. You understand what I'm saying? And, and any injustice that would never happen on my watch. But I would enjoy that because what would happen is I would see them misleading people. See, what corporate does is they mislead you. They don't let you understand what your worth is. Like, it doesn't make logical sense to be the creative person doing all the work and not owning it or benefiting from it and doing it for somebody else. So basically, they're just leveraging your effort. But if you could do the effort, why not own it? So they make you believe that you know that you need them, that you need a boss, that you need to work for them. You don't need to own this. You need to pay their kids' bills instead of your own. So it's like a big mind fuck. So my thing was, I'm watching it. It was almost like me looking at people that act tough in front of people, but I know they soft. It was like that. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I know you're stupid. I know you're exploitive. I'm not gonna let you take advantage of no artists, and I'm gonna do it publicly, and I'm gonna embarrass you every time I can. And that was what I did. And for, free, for free, for free, free of charge for any artist. Punish for free. For any artist, um, for fun. One of, one of the things about it, though, is you can see that that confidence made them uncomfortable. Like, that ability, that, that knowing what it was, you were It was worth. the exposure. 
Mm. They were stealing, and I was like, yo, I caught your hand in a cookie jar. They don't know it, but I do. Right. So I, you ain't going to just do it in front of me. That's all. Like, they think you, they, they, that, they, that you need them. They, they think they need you. I know I don't need you. You never put a dollar up in your life. You never right. hit the street. You can't do nothing. You ain't got no swag. You can barely, you know, bounce your head to a beat. <laughs> Why do I need you? Right, right, right. But for real. So, so no, but for real. Right. Why? Like, it was never logical to me. Like, I never mm -hmm. understood why people acted like that. I really thought everybody was weird. Right. So, so people in here, too, I feel like you contribute, if you work at an agency, which business in general is about exchange of value. It's about transactions. It's like you share value, you exchange that value. Even if you work a job, when you go to a job, it's not like, oh, Google gave you a job, so you should be so thankful to Google that they happen to give you a Google email address and you feel so privileged. It's like they they're going to exploit that. Right, right. they're going to exploit that. The, the idea, though, of being, because you came in with, you know, like, stars and you had this whole movement behind you for individuals who feel that same way in a, in a situation, the idea of being a partner sounds so far-fetched or actually being able to create a situation where they actually can ask for equity or ownership ask. or leverage. Bosses don't ask. Word. Word. <laughs> Correction. So how, how do they get that, though? Like, how do they start to position Ownership, themselves that way? Ownership, you make it. It's mm. got to be yours to leverage. It's really having confidence in yourself. The reason why people take jobs is because they got to pay their bills. Right. But me, like, I don't mind paying bills a little late. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to own it. I just rather, I'd rather struggle right. a little, you know what I'm saying, if it's late, it's late. But when I got it, I pay it. You know what I'm saying? And I pay a lot of it. So, you know, it's just like the difference between corporate and like an individual is corporate has money to lose. So in any business, you lose money for like 10 years. That's what happens. It's because you have a big pocket. So you can lose it and be comfortable. Like anybody could buy a celebrity, but how much profit are you really making? It's like walking up to a dice game and you got the most money in your pocket and you just keep stopping the bank. So you might lose, 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 but you keep betting it all, betting it all. You lose, lose, and then when you, you know, eventually head crack is going to happen or you're going to ace. You're going to win, get all your money back and be up. That's business. But, you know, corporate, they have a pocket. It's not their money. It's a fund. They go get other people's money. It's stock. It's public. So they can lose. Like, when I, when, like business plans, they'll be like, lose $2 million for this year, lose $2 million, like 10 years to lose. You have, if you have a deep pocket for that, you could be in corporate business. But an independent doesn't have that kind of money to lose. Right. You understand what I'm saying? They can't just take losses. You can't just be hiring people, paying them, and you ain't making no money. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You count everything when you're doing it independently. But so what? You know? Not to say Fidel's, Castro's virtues and all what, what he believed in as far as, you know, the communism thing, but he basically said, fuck it, I'm going to be independent. Right. And I just do it myself. I'll just be a little behind, but, you know, independence is priceless. It right. means everything. So when people say that, when, when, when you hear that, it almost seems like you would say, when you say be a boss or be independent, everybody should be an entrepreneur. It's like everyone, is a, everyone, here, anyone, everyone here has an apartment, right? You're the boss in your apartment, right? No matter what, no matter how little it is, if it's a, whether it's a big house or a little house, that space right there, you're the boss. Right. That's what your business is. That's what your life is. You create right. the space so you can control it. You control your environment, but you have to architect that. You want to live in a house, build it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to give it to you. But once right. you get in that house, I don't care if the president or whoever it is, anywhere, he walk in my house, Obama, you, you still got to listen to me in this house. It mm -hmm. means nothing. I'm the boss here. So you create your own house. You do what you want, make sure you enjoy it, and then you pay, you get paid for it as you sell it. You got to work harder than everybody else, but it's something you can pass to your children. It's just about controlling your environment. Right. But working a little hard, harder to do so. Like, people think it's safe to have a job, but if somebody could fire you, how is that safe? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact, yep. 
period. Like, you got to be nice to somebody. If they don't like you, they can fire you. And if they, the people that can fire you don't be owning the shit neither. Right. They be supervisors. Right. So then it becomes, like, political. There's no politics when you're the boss. It's my Facts. way or no way. I'm right. the boss. You don't, you don't take your shoes off in my house. You don't come in my house. Period. Right. So, that, so the business model then, or how people structure that or what they need to do. Like, how do you take that from wh exactly where people are right now and see that? Because I believe that. You see that at any point, no matter how much you contribute, that whole thing can be taken away at any particular time. Right. So how does somebody then go and just make that shift to The same shit they're ownership? doing for somebody else, do it for yourself. Right. If you're a paid editor, edit your own movie. You're a paid writer, write at your own motherfucking magazine. You know, it's like the thing is nobody right. ever gave me anything. No one gave me real no record deal. I had to do it myself. Right. So imagine if I would have waited for a deal for Jay-Z. There'd be no Jay-Z. There'd be no Kanye. There'd be no Lee Daniels. There'd be no Kevin Hart. There'd be Facts. no Rachel Roy. Right. None of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. None of them. Any I had to build all that. Like, no one's going to hire me to direct. You know what I mean? No one's going to hire me to be the CEO of a company. I made the company. I'm the CEO of it. Period. That's that. And you spoke about one of the things we talked about before that I thought was really dope is being ahead of your time, which we spoke about also. You being somebody who back then you, you saw that, like you had a vision for that, that people have just caught up to now. And you've seen so many people who've built. Yeah. You know, you talked about your job was never to exploit or make money off of people. It was to help people be self-made, like teach people how to build their own. Yeah. Empire. So when you see the landscape now, what is your thought process or how do you look at what you kicked down the door and what you created prior to that? You know, I'm more like look at my watch and be like, took y'all long enough, really, right. you know, to be honest. Because what I do is I'm a businessman, right? In any business, the more crowded it is, the harder it is to do it. So I never want to hustle on a crowded block. So regardless of what, I'm always looking to do something that nobody's doing. So all I was looking at was what's the next wave logically. It was just logically. I was paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So once I realized it, I was like, it's the internet? Like, I came up with no internet, internet, no emails, no nothing. Like, I had to pay for real estate to be seen on, like, you know, t cable TV or radio. But this freedom was ridiculous. And plus, like, it was like, damn, if I know how to make this shit myself, like, content is like currency. It's the thing that makes money forever and ever. It's, a, it's like... It's like when somebody smokes a joint, the weed is gone. You got to grow more weed. When somebody looks at something, you can pay over and over again to see it, and you ain't got to keep making it. So if you make something that people see, plus when you make content, it's a commercial for everything. Right. You understand? So I just look at what people pay for and do it myself. I'm the plug. I'm never a customer on any level. So I just look at it from that approach. So I look for the future hustle and how to be the plug at it. And then from that, it all falls into pieces. It made sense with the internet that people would be buying content. It made sense with the internet, like, oh shit, we could cut out the middleman. It made sense with the internet that if I have a voice, I could be heard uncensored. Right. I'm used to complete censorship. So it made sense to do it on my own. I did all of it on my own without right. this shit. So could you imagine what I'm gonna do with this? I just, I started sitting by the pool and smoking weed. It was like, I gotta slow down, <laughs> for real. <laughs> word, word, so I'm glad people caught up, but you gotta remember like in 2009, I had Creative Control, an internet television station. I had a collective. You talked about that, yeah. I was doing all, all of that. And you then. still had DD-172 at that time. Right, that's what I'm yep. saying. I was, it was, DD-172 was housed in, D in um, I mean rather, Creative Control was housed in DD-172. It was all about D D DIY, just teaching people how to do things themselves and knowing their worth. See, where I'm lucky is I know how to do shit myself, but now I got, like, you know, celebrity to, 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 um, to, to leverage. Right. So that's really what people do to celebrities. They, they take their celebrity and put them next to their products, so everybody looking at them looks at their products. Right. So what I taught Jay-Z, what I taught Kevin Hart, and what I taught Lee Daniels and all them to do was, yo, do it yourself and leverage your own celebrity. Right. So instead of letting somebody else make it, we make it, and then we don't have to pay for the marketing. It's easy. 
So right. now that I'm a brand for doing that, I can now completely invest in myself. Because that's another thing. Investing in other people is a thankless job because they hate you when you're winning because that means you're taking right. money out their pocket. Right. But if you're losing, they're blaming you for every fucking problem. Yeah. And there's no loyalty to anything but the business. You know what I'm saying? Like, people yeah. say they're loyal, but, like, for 5 million, you're loyal. For 10 million, you might be loyal. For 90, you start to compromise. And that's what's always happened. That's a fact. I, mean, I know some thorough motherfuckers till we got to 20 million. Then it was like, I don't even <laughs> know. You know what I'm saying? Word. For real. Word. And that's something that we talk about just in all areas of life. Like, those types of things, respect, loyalty, honesty, those are decisions that people make moment to moment, like day to day. That type of character is something that they have to actually practice and be about. It's not like you just say, yo, I'm a loyal person, I'm honest, or whatever, and that's just the type of person that you are. Well, the thing about loyalty is people say their loyalty, but they've never been tested. Like, right. I've been loyal to you. Like, I've paid you every second I've seen you. How is that loyal? Loyalty mm -hmm. is when you work for me when I'm not paying you. You understand what I'm saying? Right. That's when that always comes up. You know, it's like, I define loyalty and what you've done that's so loyal. And another thing is, like, you know, I come from a very extreme circumstance. You know, I come, like, frontline street shit, like 142nd and Lennox. And if you did break any of those laws, you died or went to jail. So I didn't have too many choices. So I don't really know no different. You know what I mean? So I just applied everything I learned from my survival skills. And obviously, I survived. And I came, again, from a very dangerous place. I survived it just by being honorable, playing the game right, being loyal. And I was like, yo, this game right here is not sustainable. Niggas die. Being honorable means right. you got to kill motherfuckers when they disrespect you. You got to go to jail and not, you know, all that type shit. That's not a game I want to play. I'm going to just take these ideals and apply them instead of to crack, apply it to music. Instead of to dust, apply it to fashion. It's just taking the same principles and applying it. And everything I've learned really has come from hustling. It's just flipping. Right. You know, you buy something, you, 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 you bottle it up, you sell it, you make double, and then you put that back and you keep doing it. So once you know that discipline, why else do you need, why do you need anybody? Like, I never wanted right. anybody to hit me with no work. I didn't, I never wanted that, you know, unless they were someone that was like, you know, famous on the streets and it would make me look bigger than I was. But other than that, I never wanted to have a boss. I never wanted somebody to front me nothing. I want to do and move as I please. I love that freedom. You talked about that too. One of the things I thought that was really dope is you spoke about you're never broke when you have money in the street. You know, like that's something you mentioned about, you know, most people feel like they have money when it's in their pocket. I think that's just a problem overall. You can lose money in your pocket. Facts. Money in your pocket can get stolen. You can get drunk and wake up, a girl could pick, all type of shit can happen. That's too dangerous. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't leave money in, look, look right now. You tell me if I got any money. All I got, I ain't got shit in my pocket but a mint. <laughs> Man, I don't carry no money. That's it, and the lighter, because I got a joint in the car. That's word, it. Word, word, word. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Um, I, don't, I don't carry no money. I'm, all I'm going to do is spend it or lose it or give it away. Right. Or feel like I got to defend it. So when, when people talk about when people talk about the wealth gap is what makes me think about that, because they think about it like there's literally this huge gaping hole that we are looking to close that gap to get, like, we don't have the money to close that gap. When if you look dollar earned, dollar generated, dollar spent, you would see that that money exists. It's just that our money is not in assets or things that we, when you talk about that, like well, in businesses and things like that. Well, what's fucked up culturally is that we have no, like, like there's nep no nepotism. We're always first generation. Right. A lot of families are like second and third generation. Also, a lot of cultures stick together. So really, it's about the credit game. You know what I mean? So like, right. you can't get into fashion without credit. If you don't have a house to leverage or a bank relationship or some family that's going to look out, it's really hard because you have to keep paying for goods so far ahead of time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Timing is all fucked up. So and you look, I look at that business, and I'm like, this is a family 
culture business. Like, you know, everyone looks right. out for everyone. Like, all I got to do is go into one synagogue, and I can get any deal I need made, license, any item. They all work out. Go to my uncle. My grandfather's over there. It's, that. it's like a lot easier when you can give someone a job that you want them to have as opposed to, like, having to, like, earn it. Like, right. when you're the father or the, or the brother or the uncle, you hiring your family first. That's the reason why you created the job. Nepotism is fine when it's yours. You understand right. what I'm saying? And, and that's what other cultures do. So we're always first generation. We don't stick together ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we don't have enough confidence in ourselves to do it on our own. Like, I'm, this, this is not new thinking for me. Like, I'm sitting around like, God damn, there's Bad Boy, there's Wu-Tang, there's Rockefeller. Why don't we just stick together and do it ourselves? Right. You know, I tried it in the movie business. I tried to bring everybody that was, like, kind of doing it at the time. I'm not even going to say no names, but ev you know every name I'm talking about. Put them in a room, raise the money, and one motherfucker just would not do it. Hmm. It's just like, why don't we want to have that power? It's like the more power we give each other, people start to think they're taking it away from themselves. Right. It's like people don't understand when you share, all of us together are way stronger than us being alone. You know what I mean? An army is always better than a single person if they're all in the same sheet of paper. Everyone can always equally win because that way you can never lose. If I borrow a little bit from everybody in this room, I'm rich. So I'm going to keep y'all rich as my friends so you can make sure, because I spend all my money, so I can motherfucking make sure I'm all right. That, right. You know, I need a favor. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only purpose for me to make everyone that I made famous is so that they can help me without putting up a dollar. So if it really come down to it, Jay, I need you to Instagram that. Yo, Kanye, just do that. It don't cost a dollar to Twitter something right. out for me. All I need is for you to leverage your celebrity. It doesn't cost you a dollar. Just bring attention to my brands. That's what I made you famous for. If we right. stick together that way, we cannot lose. But for some reason, culturally, we just won't do it. We always feel like it's better if they give us something. I don't mm -hmm. know why, but it was a trick. It's something in the water, in the GMO. But right. it's something that makes us stupid, and we know it. Right. And we'll know it. I, I've seen people talk the talk. And then when it comes down, like, why do the people, black people, or culturally, they do this, do that? And then when right. the same situation hits them, they jump right the fuck out the window. Right. I'm like, you just talked about this. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's so easy to recognize when somebody else does it, but we can't recognize it when we do it ourselves. Like, I generally think men are stupid, right? You know what I right. mean? And I know we because about this. Yes. I, can, I can recognize when I do stupid shit. I'm right. like, damn, I just did some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe the average man wouldn't recognize it, but it's like, Sometimes I do some stupid shit even though I know I shouldn't be doing it. I still do it or not do it. Like, for example, you know, this movie I'm editing. I didn't look at my footage for three years. I'll tell any director, look at your footage, and I don't look at my own footage. That's dumb. Dumb move, dang. As smart as I am, I can still be dumb. So it's like funny. Right. The, 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 the faults I see in other people, I sometimes tend to do myself and don't realize it. It's probably right. the reason why I can recognize the faults in the first place. Right. One of the things we talked about, too, because when you say get paid to be yourself or you talk to people about being themselves and being able to monetize that, then you look at something like leveraging celebrity, like people who have that. We've talked a lot about influence. This is something like we've talked about. I've talked about this with Rashad a lot. But, but there's two games. One yeah. is making good work and one is leveraging celebrity. Right. The good work, you ain't got to move. Good work, they find you. You ain't even got to promote your destination. Mm -hmm. When you ain't doing shit too good, that's when there's the overcompensation. You start right. hitting red carpets every day and doing other shit to distract the fact that you have no talent. You understand what I'm right. saying? Yeah. That's a fact. So Lo It's logical. Right. right. How my, oh, how are these people famous and ain't good at shit? They just mm -hmm. good at being famous? How did yeah. that famous became mm -hmm. a business? That's some funny shit. You ain't even got to be good at nothing that's no more. That's what you mentioned. You're I'm like, you don't got to be that, cool. That, that, that ain't yeah. me. I'm from that work. My work is Porto. You know what I'm saying? I want mm -hmm. you to want my shit. Fiend for it. I don't want it unless that's out. I won't have it. That's, that's, right. what I, that's, that's where I'm at with it. But if you have the celebrity with the work, 
that's when you got something that's crazy. Yeah, you mentioned you don't even have to be cool anymore. You just have to be famous. Yeah, it's been that's like all you that. Need. Fame is like a certain form of cool now. It's, you know, it's bugged out. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about that, we talked about influence and how you also mentioned that if being an influencer or being influ like influenced is cool now, that should be corny tomorrow. Because you mentioned like everybody's going to want to just be this type of influencer. We've talked about this new era of influence where it's not about your social following. Like it's being, not millenni about being millennial right. is a little cliche now. Like it's right. like millennial. Like everyone says millennial. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fine. We need a new word. Yeah. That's the, that's the word of the moment. I need the word of the future. Right. So they talk about that and you would say it's not about followings. It's more about people who are creating culture, who are building community, who are actually creating things, right? So when you talk about influence and you think in things that inspire people to action, like what is influence to you? It's what you love. It's what inspires you. Like my influence is my woman. Where's Raquel? <laughs> Whatever she likes, I like. And I've patterned my life on that. Like I always go with what my woman wants because then when we do it, when, when, when she wins, I win. Whatever we do always feels like a date. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, think about a football player. He actually gets paid, a professional football player, millions of dollars to play some shit that he would do for free. That's the best hustle in the world. So you got to find out what you love and then work harder than everyone else to be good at it because it shouldn't feel like work if you really love it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like time, you don't even feel time when you're doing something you enjoy. But when you're do doing something you hate, the shit moves crazy slow. So you got to, to me, the trick is leveraging lifestyle, leveraging what you love, being honest about that, standing behind it and putting in the work. Because right. I've never seen anybody put in 100% and lose. I've never seen right. that. I've seen people that have the potential, but I, I see a lot of like people that may be untalented but have the work ethic, they win. Right. I see people that are very talented with no work ethic, ethic, they lose and just be entitled and judgmental and get right. on my nerves. Right. And you've been somebody, when you talk about lifestyle, the lifestyle reflects a lot of different things that you love or a lot of different passions. So people who take the leap and they make that first, they take that first passion and build a business or they start something, but they have other talents or other disciplines that they want to build things around. How have you managed to build multiple companies or take that blueprint and apply it to different areas and manage that? It's because I look at all the little companies as marketing for one company. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So like, when I make a movie, I got to make the movie, right? So I got to do that. But also, after I make the movie, I got to distribute the movie. So I'm going to build the platform like Dame Dash Studios or whatever app. I'm going to distribute it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then while you're watching the movie, like you got to wear clothes. I wear clothes. I like to make clothes. I have the ability to do it. I was in the fashion business. Still am. So I make all the clothes. It's a right. commercial for the clothes. I like music, but not in a traditional sense. I don't want to monetize and exploit artists, but I do have a deep catalog of music that I've made while I was just inspired in the moment. I could use the music in the movie. So now you can sell the music, you're selling the fashion, people drink, right? So why won't you drink the liquor that I make? I make the liquor. So then now you can, you know, drink the liquor. But right. if I'm just saying, so everything you see, I feel like I want to make because I have the ability to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I do it. So again, I look at it like marketing and stuff. So I see corporate pay for lifestyle shit. They pay for stuff that I do for free. Like I remember doing a, ca um, uh, um, a campaign for Rockwear that no one at Rockwear understood, but I went and got Mario Testino and you know Naomi Campbell and you know all these different lifestyle, Kevin Bacon, and we did a, 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 a campaign in one of the clubs I had owned at the time, a piece of. And all they were doing was, and Mario Testino's a big um, photographer. Right. The shit cost a million dollars. All they were doing was recreating what I do every fucking night. 
I didn't have to pay none of these girls to be here. I didn't have to, the DJ, we pay music. It, it was like, pretend you're partying. I was like, but I party. <laughs> right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, I did shit. Right. So I, I, if I knew how to take that picture, I wouldn't have to pay a million dollars for it and fees and all this stuff. So I basically leveraged the things that people pay for. That's what I use for marketing. So I've always looked at, look at Rockware, look at State Property. When I have a movie called State Property, the, you got clothing called State Property, you have an album called State Property. State Property did 20-something million in clothes that year just because of the commercial right. that the movie presents. So it's a very layered situation, but like I said, I look at the stuff people pay for that I could do for free. And then I look at the stuff that corporate does. All they do is make shit. I can make shit. All they right. do is distribute shit. I can distribute shit. All they do is pay somebody cooler than in the market shit. I can market shit. You know what I'm saying? So why would I just, why would I pay somebody to do something I could do myself? You know what I'm saying? I, it just don't make sense. Like why I'm gonna pay a bodyguard when I can fight? Right, right. So even when people look at that term, when you say it as in just being a natural extension of your lifestyle and the things that you do. It's honest. Right. A lot of people see the idea of being entrepreneurs or being their own bosses or building their own empires. This thing that, you know, you need investments. You need all these people you behind you. need to flip. You. Flip. Right. Flip. If this sock costs $5 to make, we sell it for $20. You make $15. Flip. It just doesn't right. happen that fast. You got to grind. Like, you know, in the streets, you got to hit the block. You got to hug that shit. You don't change your clothes till you get enough to cop some more. Right. Just keep, I, I made 100, I go spend that, I turn it into 200, then I turn it into 500. It's just like as in the music business, like you don't start off performing in front of a big crowd. You start with five people, then 10 people, then 20 people. Right. After you, there's 100, then you go to a bigger venue. It's just about a flip. The only time you need a lot of money is when you got to pay a lot of people. So that's the other thing I learned is to keep all of my companies lean. Right. So that way they could crack when they want to. There's companies that I would invest in, and the only reason why I'd be struggling is because I had to pay fucking staff. And I wasn't making money, but I would still have to compromise the company just so I could pay for all of this fucking overhead. Right. And then I'd have to sell the company just to pay off the debt and be pissed off and have somebody else putting the money. That's what happened with Rachel Roy. That's what happened to Rockefeller. That shit happens to everything. And I right. just made a vow like, yo, it's the internet now. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I got to sell the company because I got pressure because I right. got to fucking pay 100000 overhead a month. Like right. even fucking DD-172, that shit was 100000 a month. Hmm. I had to make that every month to keep the lights on to do everything that we was doing. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? It wasn't going in my pocket. I was just fucking running on a fucking treadmill. That's the reason why I was like, I gotta stop this. I gotta do something, invest in myself instead of investing in other people, and then I don't need such a big staff. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And then I can be the talent. And if someone doesn't show up, I don't have to be mad. And if someone makes a lot of money and chooses to work with someone else, and my family doesn't get it, I won't be mad. I'm right. not gonna rob myself. You know, I just had to believe in myself. But that's the one thing that I didn't do. I didn't believe so much mm -hmm. in myself that I felt I could build a business off of me. But once right. I realized I could or I had to be like, kind of like fearless about it, that's when my life really changed. But, but for you being somebody who's been so confident, what was that turning point then? Like, what was that moment where that switch flipped? Rocky, um, Rocky, you know, I was trying to get with Rocky for a long time. She's Spanish. Oh, and, her, and, and, you know, Puerto Rican girls, they, they can't bring black boys home old school. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it took a minute. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she was throwing me curveballs left and right. And so one of her curveballs was, you know, I see you put all these other people on. You know, I see you make all these other people's dreams come true. But you like to make movies. I can't get with you unless you stand behind what you love. And I was like, all right. I, you know, I had to. You know what I mean? She called me out. You know what I'm saying? So it was like. 
you know, I can't have my woman or girl I want to be my woman calling me out, but also it made perfect sense. It was true. I, I was unconsciously probably standing behind other people instead of standing behind myself. Yeah. All I do is get somebody and tell them how to get it and, you know, make the things that are wrong right. But if I can make the things that are wrong right for somebody else, why not sell me? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, even down to the diabetes. I'm like, yo, fuck that. We do a whole network on diabetes. So right. Something that's usually considered a weakness, I'd, I'd prefer to turn it into a strength. It's about me. You right. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but so I'm going to walk it like I talk it. I'm going to showcase. I ain't going to just say it. I got to really right. do it. So with you, too, though, like, when people look at your path in that same vein of how fearless you are, how relentless you are, and even you saying you've always seen imperfection as perfection. That's why you haven't had some of the insecurities that you see other people have. What have been some of the challenges, though? Like, you, you even talked about realizing that you may not have been as confident as you thought. Like, what were some of those moments or some of the, the challenges that you did face? The only challenge is, like, my temper. Mm -hmm. You know, the disrespect you have to sustain when you come from the street to corporate is just, like, you can't even really, like... You know, I'm not, like, I'm not a killer. I wasn't a tough guy in the street, but I was around a lot of them. And I, every person I know that was considered dangerous never disrespected me, ever. No killer has ever disrespected me, ever. But the nerdiest motherfuckers in the world right. have violated on levels. Every day. Like, you don't even right. know. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, yo, like, like, Lee Daniels owes me $2 million. He, he, he ain't paying me back. He's getting it right now. Like, in the street, he'd be in a trunk somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You right. can't do that. You understand? Like, you have to sustain it. And it's over and over and over and over again. And, right. it, and it hurts because I'm used to having to react. Because, again, in the street, you know, if you, do, if you let someone disrespect you, everyone disrespects you. You can't be outside. Fact. Yep. But it's not the same game. And you have to be able to di di differentiate that. Also, my judgment of people usually comes from my principles in the street. So if I see somebody do something that I'd be like, all right, I would never do that. You know, like that's corny. That's some street, you know, in the street, that code is, I got to think, well, damn, that person didn't sign on to the street game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I have to be careful about the way I judge people. But the, the, the disrespect that I have to be consciously sustain has been the most challenging thing. Right. Is watching nerds. Like I could tell you things, like daily it happens. Like today it happened. I'm not even going to tell you. It happened yeah. yesterday and the day before. One of the, One of the things you said too that stood out though was that you feel like to be in corporate America, you almost, it's, you're almost required not to have any integrity. No, that's a definite. It's you a have definite to do fact. What, I mean, come on, you're doing what you're told about something you don't believe in for a check. Right. You don't even believe in it. You don't care about it. You don't give a fuck. You're looking at the clock. You're living right. for a, a Friday. So you're basically giving your time for exchange for money. Like you're exploiting yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I, I couldn't, like, I, I know the things I don't like to do, so I don't do them. I right. make it where I don't have to. I might mm -hmm. have to sustain a little more emotional struggle, but like what's emotional struggle? It's not physical, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people choose to worry, I choose not to. People choose fear, I choose to fear fear. You understand what I'm saying? Because right. I don't like the way it feels. You know what I mean? Like, because when you fear something or you put energy to it, you manifest it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather laugh than cry. I'd rather be cool than corny. It's a choice when it comes to energy and emotion, not, you know, nothing physical. So the way you react to something is choice. You can react cool or you can react like a cornball. I'd right. rather look cool when people look back at it. Right. When you say that to it, it stands out to me, the idea, you know, so many people think about the things that they want or the things that they want to keep or the type of lifestyle that they want. But a lot of what you're saying, what resonates too, is being able to walk away from things and being able to say no to things or turn away from things that may seem great to everybody else or may make you feel kind of comfortable in terms of like, 
you, your bills are paid, you're doing these different things, but if it doesn't really feel right or align with you, you need to say no and you need to get away from it, you know? Like business is like a relationship, you mm -hmm. know? Once it doesn't feel good, you gotta walk away and some people stay for the wrong reasons. Like a girl might stay with a guy because she's worried about her quality of living. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Same thing with a job. You might hate the job, but if you leave it, you fucking, you know, you, you're not going to be able to pay for the apartment, your quality of right. living. So it's sort of like a relationship. You have to be able to know when it's dead weight. It's never, you're never going to be able to relive that emotion again. The violations has happened to where you don't respect it no more, and you just got to mm -hmm. be able to walk away. You right. know, it's put it in your rear view. Like, I don't hold on to luggage. Like, the past doesn't even count. It's about your future. So I'm always thinking toward that. I forget about a lot of things that I've done because I'm doing so much. I'm really mostly focused on what's happening in my future. Right. I'm hustling now. Everything I do now is going to reflect in my future. What happened now is something that was happening because of something somebody did in the past. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's always about the future. It's always about being and able you, to And you've go. also been somebody who you've always had a bigger vision for yourself. Like you've always said coming in all the different things that you wanted to do or all the different things that you saw for yourself. So when you came in, like what was that vision, like you said, you're doing it now. Like you're still adding on to what you wanted to build since you came in to the business. Like you gotta remember, you know, I caught success, like mega success relatively young. Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience at being that young. So it was natural to me. I don't know nothing different. So in my mind, I'm like, this definitely can't be the best of times when I'm 20 something. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have to do other things. Plus, I get bored quick. Like, who likes to go to the same club over and over again? It gets corny. Right. Like that first time you go to the club, it's popping, and you tell your friends. And the next time, it's popping, but it's not as popping. But then, like a month later, it's whack completely. <laughs> yeah. That's how I, w I look at businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like, once I do it, I don't want to keep doing. It. I want to do other things because I like so many things. Like, what I learned about myself is I'm more artist than businessman. You know what right. I'm saying? But because of my circumstance. Meaning, like, I really come from a place where you just can't be punked. Like, when you believe in something, you stand up for it as long right. as you're being respectful. That's honor. So because of that, plus with the creativity and the ability to earn, I, I just don't feel like I need too many people. I don't need no one telling me what to do. I don't, I don't like to be in any situation I don't like. I'm spoiled mm. in that way. But if I can control it, then, you know, it is what it is. I'm not bothering nobody. People right. talk all fuck. I, be, I, I mean, my, my head is down. I'm doing my thing. And I be, the stuff that I hear, I be like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all really worried about something that doesn't even exist. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It does, it's like, I don't even care. Like, I, I, have, right. I don't care. I think the number one thing for businessmen and just people in general, like I tell you, for me, is like at four years old, I learned the art of not caring what mm -hmm. other people think. Because I was in nursery school, and a teacher yelled at me, and I felt really funny. You know, everyone was looking at me. You know that feeling. Yeah. We call it crunch in the hood. Like, you crunchy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's right. like... And I was like, why did I, I really broke it down. Like, I didn't like the fact that that lady screamed at me and I was embarrassed about what other people think. And once I realized that was the case, it didn't embarrass me. I did not care what other people thought. So I could get yelled at all day and I was embarrassed proof. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then also I always thought it was cool when people make mistakes and play it off cool. You know what I mean? Like when, you right. make, when, you make, when, you, when, like when you're strong enough to say sorry or I was wrong or fall and laugh at it and you know, just I be honest about it. I've always found that to be gangster. Right. I think being phony is is is, is soft and, and cowardly right. and corny. You know what I'm saying? Like just fronting, not, just not dealing with your reality, trying to pretend that, you know, you're something that you're not because for somebody else's approval. Like once you don't care about what other people think, you really run lean. Right. 
I mean, you mentioned too, you have to be willing to fail in front of people too. Like yeah. you can't be somebody who's too afraid well, to make your mistakes you in front it's of people. You, you can't be afraid to learn in right. front of people. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you will make mistakes and if it makes you stop, then you failed. Mm -hmm. But if you make mistakes and you learn from it and then you apply it and you come back and do it better the next time, then it's just a, a growing pain. But you right. gotta be able to learn in front of people. Like when I start a business, I do it publicly, I don't care. You can see every mistake I make. I'm transparent. I have nothing to hide ever. And, I, and why should I? Like, who's going to judge me right now? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. And, you know, if somebody has so much time to think about what I'm doing, that means they're not worrying about themselves. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that I know about concern and worry is, like, the only cure for it is work. Like, I know when I'm feeling some type of way, I just need to be productive. So if you have time to worry, that means you're doing the wrong thing. You're sitting around thinking what you should be doing. Yeah. You know I always say action kills anxiety. Like yeah. you, fear is when you give yourself too much time to think. A lot I mean, of the if time. you have enough time to be thinking, then you ain't working. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you're walking across the street and you start daydreaming in the middle, you're getting hit by a car. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. So if you got enough time to do all this shit, you deserve to get by that car. You got to pay attention. Get to work. Right. Don't worry. Work. Right. There's no reason to worry. Like whenever something bothers me and I can't have no work to do, I just get on the treadmill. At least I'm doing something for my body. Yeah, word. Like, I got to be productive, man. You mentioned, you mentioned independence, too, when you talk about it. You were very particular about what in being independent is. Because there's a lot of ideas that people have. You know, some people think even though they collaborate with other people that control how much they make or where they get their money from, that's still independence. Like, what, is, what does it truly mean to be independent to you? I mean, being independent means complete freedom. You understand what I'm saying? And ownership, that's independent. When you own something and no one's telling you what to do and you have something that you could pass to your family and you could move when you feel like moving. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, independence is priceless. It's, it's, I don't even know what it would mean. Like, it's like asking what's the difference between being free and being locked up. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I would, I would pay anything not to be locked up to be free. You know, like right. you ask the slave how much they would pay for freedom, they'd have been like anything just to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I feel like it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I, I couldn't imagine, like that's why I hated school. I just, you know, and I'm not saying people should hate school, but I just couldn't stand a teacher that I didn't think was cool or smarter than me telling me what to do. And then I had to sit there and listen. And then him look down on me. It was just like a lot of shit with my ego. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, 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 somebody telling me what to do would be like, perfect. <laughs> It'd be a perfect nightmare, right? You know what I'm saying? But I just couldn't see it. Or like my my kids watching somebody tell me what to do, or like talk different to my boss, or have to ask when I could come to work or take a right. vacation. And people, and I feel like people Not who've seen you, <laughs> like but, you know, but people who've watched you do it and who have been inspired by you do it. They see that and they see the example, but for anybody who actually has that fear, like that wakes up and they deal with that fear and they go into a job and they're in between deciding if they're just gonna go out and be independent or not, like what are your words for them? Like how, would, how should they handle or approach that feeling? I, I would say that it's natural to feel the emotion of worry if it's something that's unfamiliar to you. I would say blindly do it, quit, and fucking figure it out. Because we all figure it out. Right. You know, just breathe easy. And the things that, like, every single time something that appears to be negative for me happens, when I really look at it, it's always a positive and it's always for my better. Like, 
Think about how much anxiety moving gives people. Like, yo, I got to move. People hate moving. Even if it's to a better house, they still hate moving. You know what I'm saying? People just don't like to do shit that they don't understand, that they're not familiar with, that, that they don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes life and God pushes you into those situations. Almost like, what if I did shop Jay-Z and somebody gave me a record deal? So in the moment I couldn't get the deal, I was like, damn, this, 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 I can't believe it. I'm losing. But really, right. if I would have got the record deal, I would have lost. Mm. We wouldn't have Rockefeller. We wouldn't have been independent. All those things right. wouldn't have happened. So in that moment, what appears to be what you want isn't really what you want, and you don't even know it. Right. So that's why you kind of just got to do blind and just respect it. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do it. The more uncomfortable it makes me feel, the better. You right. cannot be great comfortable. Right. Ever. Fact. You know what I'm saying? There's no challenge. Yeah, like one of the things I always say is that the best passion you can develop is that passion for your own growth, like the ability to keep pushing yourself to take it further and further every time. It's like boxing, like regardless of whether you can fight or not, before you get into a ring, you get butterflies. Right. Even though if you know there's just exposure, and regardless of whether you have those butterflies or not, you got to get in that ring. So it's all right to feel scared, but it's messed up when scared stops you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, being a human being is all right. Like, I feel everything other people feel, but it, and I don't let it stop me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, business is about doors being closed and me kicking them down. If the door's unlocked, I don't trust it. It's a trap. Hmm. And lastly, too, because we're going to open it up to Q&A so people can ask their questions, but, you know, obviously everybody knows Jay Rockefeller in that time, and I remember when we spoke about it, I was asking you, if you knew you wanted to get out the music business, how did you measure success at that time? Because you had such a peak and there was so much going on around it. You had the biggest artist in the world at the time. The problem was I, I didn't have no money in the bank. Mm. Like that's the thing about the music business is it's such a facade, B. Everybody right. is fronting. Everybody, B. I'm telling right. you, like I know how much fronting I did. Like I read about myself in Forbes and be like, where's that at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just they make you think you're richer than you are. And I was like, I'm acting rich, but I ain't rich. Right. And spending like this is not sustainable. So mm -hmm. if I am gonna spend like this, I'm gonna put it into a business that could generate some income. Right. But again, it's just like I know this way, I know that way. The, all that front is not sustainable. Yeah. You got to really be doing it. But to your other point, you mentioned that you didn't measure success because it was always a stepping stone to you. Well, success to me, what I learned later is happiness, mm. quality of living, healthiness, being in love. Like being in love with Aaliyah made me know that nothing made me happier than being in love. Mm. Like that was the most fun shit in the world. Right. And I thought I could never fall in love again. But because I was able to recognize love, I was able to find love. I'm like, oh, shit, it's back. I'm right. not, but now, you know, the thing about Aaliyah was when you get with a girl that's successful, she's on the road all day. So we just ended up home lovesick all day, you know, all of missing each other. It's not. So right. that's when the next time around, I'm like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying being in love, taking care of my kids and watching them laugh and giving them stuff. What's better than that? That's priceless. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Being able to provide for your family. Like I've been to a lot of parties. Nothing's better than taking my girl, my little girl to get a cupcake. Right. Uh, ain't no champagne pops, no yacht, no nothing. Being a parent makes me happier than anything. And at the end of the day, as a man, that's what you're here for. You're only here to learn how to raise your kids. We're here to make children. We're here to be men. We're here to be fathers. It's a fact. And that's what's priceless. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Like, if you got enough money to pay your bills but not your kids' bills, then you're a selfish person. Right. If you think you're doing it because you could, you're all right and no one else is, then you're selfish. I'm always going to have enough money to take care of me. But I got four families, like, I got sets of kids from different baby mothers. I'm hood. 
they all got houses. They all go to private school. They all got to have nannies. They all got to right. have businesses. They all want cars. And when you give them a car, they want you to pay for the oil change. Like, Ava's putting me through it right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Word. Yeah. I don't have no option. I have to live for other people. A real man's job is to love other people before themselves. If you don't love someone before yourself, you've never been a man. Mm. Period. Facts. You never protected somebody, took care of somebody. If you got a one bedroom and you got a kid, you selfish. You understand Word. what I'm saying? That's selfish. Don't think you're doing it because you got to share a bed with your child. And then also being able to make the environment to raise your child in. I always kept Boogie with me. Y'all all saw that, but he was in my party. I wasn't at his. I made him be around my lifestyle and right. you know, conform and have people you know, be around and make sure he was all right when I was working, but I kept him around me. But when you're around your children, you're supposed to go in to them. them. Yep. Like Tallulah, you know, I'm lucky enough to have be able to do this again. You know, Tallulah's nine. When, when I, I have Tallulah time. There's no business. You know what I'm saying? It's like I become a nine-year-old. She doesn't have to become a 46-year-old. You understand? What I, and that's the time I, I have the luxury of providing my kid. That is wealth. You know what I'm saying? You know, like temporary money is not wealth. Wealth is something that has longevity that's shared by more than you. If right. you're the only person that has could benefit from your money, you're not wealthy. Right. Wealthy is when your family can benefit. You talked about too. And you gotta be happy. Yes. You talked about with the music, all the fronting that happens in the music business. You know, you also mentioned how at this point, and you, and you talked about the evolution of having kids and where you are in your life now. The irresponsibility of the culture when you see older people or people who have influence not teaching these messages or not living their true life as grown men who have families who are doing different things. Like, speak to that a little bit, because you talked about how you would never be doing the same things or rapping about the same, or none of those things would be in the public now being 46 where you are in your life. No, I'll be a clown. Right. I mean, again, I'm very conscious the, of the way I felt when I was a kid. So mm. when I was 19 and I would see a 46-year-old in the club, I would laugh at him. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, he's an old man in the club. Get your old ass out of here. Like, everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. I never was going to be at the other end to get your old ass out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. That's number one. You know what I'm saying? But number two, there's just so many different things to do in life to just be stagnant doing one thing over and over again. I mean, like, where's your spirit? Where's your soul? It's a big life. It's like, music to me was like a block. I wasn't going to hustle on that block my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I first got there, it was waiting. Now they were selling nickels, actually two for fives actually trays, you know what I'm saying? So right. it's a conference too much. It's just, it just I was, I'm, I'm, when you're uninspired, you gotta move on. But to the other people, you know, I look at it like a midlife crisis, hmm. you know? Like, like, it's almost like, you know what's really funny to me when I see somebody that wears something that you know that the first time they wore it, they were received so well that they wear it to all their money spots? <laughs> Word. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. So you gotta think, man, like, in someone's period of time when they were that person, because being, like, that's another thing. Like, everyone is a little more obsessed with being hot than you would think. Like, they have meetings about it. Like, who's hot? Who's hot? Who's hot? You know, people that are hot are intentionally hot. It's not an accident. It's a very strategic thing. You got to right. get dressed and go someplace knowing a camera is going to be there. You're mm -hmm. looking at it. The most right. famous people I know spend the most time looking at the press on themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... Artists are generally very insecure. You know what I'm saying? And when you're hot and then you're not, 
it's devastating. I don't know how it feels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Clap it up for that. <laughs> no, I, I keep it moving. So Fact. what I'm saying is for those people, they're trying to relive those glory moments. Right. It, it becomes their insecurities start to show. Mm -hmm. That's why I like, damn, if I didn't keep the gray hair, I'd probably look mad young, but I want to be older. I'm older looking. You know what I'm saying? I'm vintage. You know what I'm <laughs> Don't play with me. I'm a grown man type shit. Like, I right. embrace my age. I, 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 I embrace being on this planet and the things that I do. So I just think some people try to relive their young life and their young self, and it will never happen. And that's when it right. becomes embarrassing because mm -hmm. I see it a lot. You know, again, I ain't gonna say no names, but I've been to some concerts and I'd be like, oh man, right. stop. That One look, looked cool when you was 20, but at 50, that don't look cool. You also said something that I feel all the time. You was just saying like, t to the point of you don't need to be cool, you just gotta be famous. You said if you was famous and corny, we'd still laugh at you yeah. back in the day. And now it doesn't matter. If you're the person who's shining and got the money and you popping, doesn't matter. I see some cool people, supposedly around some corny people sometimes, cause they doing it. Right. Like I see, I, you know, and I can, again, I can say people, but there's people that I've known that weren't successful that everybody teased, and the minute they got on, everybody was up under them. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? Right. It, it's just, you know, it's just how you equate coolness. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like to me, you know, selling out's not cool. Not being loyal is not cool. You know, you can't right. buy taste. You know what I'm saying? You just can't. Right. It's a, it's yeah. a, and, and taste doesn't even cost that much. You understand what I'm saying? That's what's funny about it. I see so many people that are tacky spending so much money for taste, they still look corny. And they only have other corny people that are around them. Right. So why would I care about any of that corny, even if that's the majority? Not in my house, it isn't. You understand what I'm saying? I just stay in an environment where I can control, where the majority is someone that's, you know, enlightened to the extent that being cool is what, and quality of living and being healthy and being honest, those are the type of people you want to be around. That's the energy you want to be around. Mm -hmm. The test is going with the masses. But my thing is, if everybody's doing something, I don't want to do it anyway. If everybody likes something, then I feel foolish liking it last. Right. If everybody's doing something, I don't want to do what everybody's doing, unless it's classic. But I'm definitely not a trendy person. Right. I'm not, I, it would be too much for me to look at another man and say, I like the way that looks on him. <laughs> I'm going to go buy the same outfit he just had on. Right. And then I might run into him. <laughs> You understand what I'm like? I, right. see, I see who I influence. That should be funny. Right. <laughs> so real quick, before we do the Q&A too, you should tell people like the different things that you're working on if they don't know. Because I know you got the Diabetes Network, of course. So there's a Dash Which real quick, we should do because it's really, really important what he's talking about with the Dash Diabetes Network. So I think that's really, really dope that you've done that. But I want to explain it. Well, I'm type 1 diabetic. And I've been diabetic since I was 15. So I haven't done anything in my adult life without being diabetic. So I basically don't know life without it. Just like, you know, the internet, and it, you know. Right. And um, to be healthy, you should be at, have an A1 at like a 7. You know what I mean? And my A1 has consistently been at like a 10. It's your average of your blood sugar over three months. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, you know, you have to take the needle all day. And I've been, you know, I, I'm aware of it. But a new medicine or a new insulin came into the marketplace where you didn't have to take it by the shot. It was inhalable. Yeah, Fresa, right? Yeah, Fresa. Yeah. And it also works in 15 minutes. So when you take a shot, it takes about an hour and a half for it to work. So let's say you want to get high and you want to smoke. It would be like you smoke and you're not going to get high for an hour and a half. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't start. With the Fresa, you inhale it. It goes in your lungs. It works in 15 minutes. And with the other innovations, like you know the, the Dexcom, where I can see my um, 
my blood sugar, it's like almost being cured. So I really couldn't publicly speak about managing it until I could properly manage it. And once I got to that point, because of this Afreza, I was able to build a platform because I got the sponsorship the right way from them to do it correctly and to talk about something that personally affected me because I could be very knowledgeable about it. Plus, in the next 10 years, probably one out of every three people is going to be diabetic. So diabetes is the wave. You might as well get used to it. Everybody <laughs> has it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Either you got it, your grandmother got it, your nephew got it, somebody got it. You know All what I'm right. saying? So it, 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 it's like knowing that there's a product in the marketplace that's going to affect the world, make life easier, mm -hmm. and also being able to let people understand that as a diabetic, it doesn't mean your life is over. Matter of fact, when I learned I was a diabetic, it made me appreciate life so much that I probably went out and did everything that I did because of it. So diabetes can't stop nobody from doing anything because it never stopped me. And I've been all around the world diabetic. I've been lost my insulin. All of, you know, like I, I was thinking about Puerto Rico. Like I could imagine you know, being diabetic and running low on your insulin in that environment, like, what would you do? You right. know what I mean? That's a real problem for a diabetic. But these are the things that are unspoken that people think about that I wanted to bring awareness to. Right. Diabetes, you know what I'm saying? And also, I noticed people were ashamed of it. So I wanted to also bring it, like, I don't think you should be ashamed of it. It's defining. It's cool. Like, before the inhaler, I had to stick a needle in my leg seven times a day. That's gangster. I don't feel <laughs> like it's nothing cool. You right. Know, un uncool. So I also wanted people to know that. And then also as I learned things, I wanted to teach them. So right. I look at it like work, right? Mm -hmm. So I make a bunch of content about diabetes. You got the work, I copped. Now you gotta bottle it up, right? You can make nickels, dimes, trays, right? So I make it in nickels, five minutes for YouTube. I make it in dollar bottles for Instagram, one minute. Mm -hmm. $20 bottles for uh, the streaming service, because I have a streaming service, so you can see it at a 20 minute variation for Dame Dash Studios. There's a Dash Diabetes app, which everyone here, I wish, can everyone right now order the Dash Diabetes app? It's free. The Dash Diabetes app, right. and Dame free download. And Dame Dash Studios. Yeah. So you could get it on iTunes, I mean, rather if you have Apple or you have Android, you could get it, it's on all of that. Right. So again, when you make content, you have to be able to distribute it. If nobody sees it, you can't monetize it. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense to put the money up to make it and then have to kiss somebody's behind to distribute it. Right. So I had to make my own distribution. So with the power of the internet, I just made my own Netflix, which is Dame Dash Studios or Hulu, and I put different channels there. So when you go there, you might see Dash Films, some movies I made before, or you might see you know, the Dash Diabetes Network where you'll see all this diabetes content. You might see PGTV, where it's about one of my galleries and TV One, you know, you'll see everything that I've been doing, right. plus the movies and original content and programming. Plus, if you're just diabetic, you can just get the app, Dame Dash, I mean, rather Dash Diabetes app and order that as well, right. period. So I got a direct connection with everyone in here that wants it without any middleman because of the power of these apps. Right. I don't have to pay. I don't have to go to, like, if you have a television network and it's distributed by a Comcast or whatever it is, mm -hmm. They're your boss because they could always turn your lights off. They could always say, now you have no distribution. Right. But this over-the-top relationship, um, having these apps and talking directly to your consumer cuts the middleman out, and you always are in control right. of your distribution. Distribution is key. So emails is distribution. Instagram is distribution. Twitter is distribution. YouTube is distribution. Any way that someone could get to you direct and you could sell them something direct is distribution, and your margin is double. So in the, in, in the traditional fashion business, the margin is 10%. So to make a million dollars, you got to do $10 million. Hmm. 
Now, the direct-to-consumer business, your margin's 50%. So to make a million dollars, you only got to do two million. Now, some people would rather have the appearance of a big company but be making a little bit of money. But I would rather have the appearance of a little company and be making a lot of money. Because right. all that matters is that my family's getting it, not what people see. Yeah. Some people, like, like you look at certain companies that look huge, they're not profitable. There's all these evaluations on different companies, and you're like, well, what did they make? What's their well, that's EBITDA? Like you see them getting bought up. You talked about acquisition. Like, they're, they're being when, bought to, sell, to pay well, for the debt of right. the company. Yeah. When someone's selling a company and they're not completely profitable, they're selling it because they're in debt, and they're just flipping it. So if they're like, oh, it sold for $100 million, I bet you 95 of that was for debt. Mm -hmm. Trust me. You understand? It's yeah. all a flip game. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, being on the other side, I see how people spend stuff. So being that I know the real answers, I'm not going according to the, you know, the fuckery that they give out, put out there. Right. I'm going to do it according to what is real. Perception is not really monetizable so much. It's not sustainable. But reality, that's what you have to invest in. You don't invest in a perception. Perception is only like the, a, 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 should be a truthful lifestyle to sell a reality. Right. But if you don't have that reality, it's going to be temporary. And I think one thing, too, that you are very open about, and, and you spoke about it before, about when people thought you were at your lowest is actually when you had the most money and all these different things, you know, when people want to speculate and look at that. And I loved it. Right. I think the... It was, the, it was the, like, you got know, I'm, I'm from the streets. Right. So, you know, you're not supposed to show your money. Real rich people don't want to be in Forbes. That's I can tell fact. you that right now. The right, people, right, right. Like, I, I traded in my Maybach because I knew my homeboy, Jeff, had a... 800 million in the bank, not to count his bread, but he was like that back then, and he was in the back of an old Lincoln. And he pulled up on me laughing at me. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the right. circle I want to be in. I don't want to be in a circle where a car impresses you or some sneakers. I want to be in a circle where being modest about your money and making a lot of it is impressive. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yep. You got to put yourself in the right circle. I think, though, the perception... And, as, and then we open it to Q&A. The perception, though, of people wanting to appear rich or in the culture saying you need to have this, you need to have that versus people who are actually, like you said, out here getting it. Yeah. You know, that, looking at that, like, you spoke about it, like, earlier about how that is kind of corny, the idea of, like, people want to look cool. That's what, it was the insecurity piece to that. Like, how do people overcome that, like, you see it everywhere, the perception of you need to have this, you need to acquire this, this is what success looks like, this is what it means to have something. Like, how do people overcome that kind of pressure? If it's pressure to you. That's what I'm saying, like, right. it's hard for me to fathom worrying about other people being pressure. But right. for some people, it's a, a real problem. It's a real thing, All yeah. day, every day. I mean, what I would say from the outside looking in is, again, recognize what really makes you happy. So, for example, again, no names but I do know people that appear in the outside public to be doing very, very well, right? Happy, all the dreams that everybody thinks a dream is. You know, famous, rich, the whole nine. But when I see that person, they look like they're losing. So to everyone else, they're winning, but in your heart, you feel like you're losing. Then that means you're losing. If you feel like you're losing, you're losing. It doesn't matter what other people feel. You understand right. what I'm saying? So I know how it feels to be perceived as winning and be feeling like, uh, I'm losing. Right. And it's funny because when everyone thinks I'm losing, I'm usually in my heart winning. So while everybody was trying to bomb on me, I'm running around falling in love in every, like Thailand, you know, China, Beijing, opening up art galleries, seeing the world, building fashion businesses. I'm having a ball just because people were out of my business. 
I stopped living according to what people wanted me to do. I started living according to what actually made me happy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, as far as, you know, my approach on like women, I was like, I don't really want to mess with a girl that only look good at night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like you ever go home, you know, back in the day, and the girl look good at night, and you wake up, and it ain't the same. Yeah. And they got to do a whole thing to get back to that. Like, I want somebody to wake up fine. You know, I, I, I want it to be something natural. You know what I mean? To where when you dress, it's like, damn, I don't even need to see you dress. I like you better undressed. Your tuxedo is naked. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? So I started to get more into the natural part of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even as it related to the music, like with, with Rocky, when I opened up the gallery, she put me to a life of, like, festivals. So instead of going to the clubs where everyone has security and there's only a thousand people in it, I'm walking around, you know, parks that have 50,000 people, no security, everybody happy, and people are making a lot more money. And I'm like, God, why they never taught hip hop this hustle? They didn't want us there. You understand what I'm saying? Why they say, yo, you do a, you a live band, like do something that has some live instrumentation so you can get paid for it forever. A lot of the people that were performing, none of them had records on the radio. Like I'm knowing people that are 40, never had a record on the radio and get paid more than people that are young that have records on the radio just because they don't know the game. You understand what I'm saying? So I was like, damn, no one's teaching the game at all, period. And when I was enlightened to that, that's where my life went. Just more the shit that made more sense. It's just logical. Like if you're in a situation that don't make no sense, then get out of it. Don't make it make sense. One plus one always equals two. If you're 46 and you love sneakers more than you love your family or your business, that don't add up. If you worried about your clothes more than you worried about your house, that don't add up. If you don't got a tuition to pay, like if you all right with your kids in public school, but you got sneakers on and you want them in private school, that don't add up. If you got money in the bank and you sad and depressed and your family's upset, that don't add up. It doesn't add up to be unhappy when you're supposed to be happy. When you're winning, you're happy. Right. If you're not happy, change your life. Like, look how many people, like, you know, you look at public relationships and they sell you on a, a, the best relationship in the world and then you find out that shit was all a lie. That hurts to be in a situation you hate. I was a real promiscuous dude. I ran around a lot. I, I never cheated on Rocky. I never wanted to. I found my wealth. I found my happiness. I don't need to betray my best friend. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's my people's. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's mine. real. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? So once you learn that and you get that, that's wealth. And then also being healthy. Like, it makes no sense to pay all this money to have good clothes, expensive cars, and be eating cheap food. That don't make no sense. Right. It doesn't add up. Right. You're so worried about what everybody sees, but you're not worried about what you put in your body. You're going to put some shit that, you know, that other people make. Right. And then on a corporate level, you don't trust corporate, but you buy corporate food. Makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Doesn't add up. You know, th the reason why diabetes is about to be one out of every three is because the number one killer or cause of diabetes and cancer is meat. It's food. It's the shit you put in your body. Right. It's logical. So why does it seem like it's cool or even like bad food is comforting? We've been brainwashed so much into thinking that everything bad is good and that everything good is bad. When you think organic, you think, uh, like I'd be around my homeboys, you know, from back, you know, from around my block and they come to my house every now and they'll be like, oh yeah, we got some organic food. They'll be like, organic? <laughs> I don't want no organic. <laughs> like for real, right. right or wrong, right?
fuck? This shit be happening. Like, they really be like, mm -mm. they really think it's nasty. Like, they'd rather have some GMO'd up shit from, like, you know, Stride Right or something right. that's going to give them cancer, eat some food they got manure and pus all over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, right. health means everything, and food is what kills you. Right. And look, I'm 46. At 46, you still want to be the hot guy in the room. You still want to be able to have the girls like you. You don't feel old. Right. So you got to invest in what you want to look like when you're 46 and 50 and 60. Anything you invest in now will reflect in what you want to be in your future. So you got to think about what you want to look like in your future. That's, right. that's why I stopped that business completely. And the other reason why is because I couldn't have it around my daughters. I couldn't have all those insecure, tough men around my daughters. I, I mean, I, it, it just well, right. no exposure for my daughters. So I had to change everything. Again, the right and respectful thing to do is what's in the best interest of my kids. And what's in the best interest of my kids usually reflects in me being the most happy. Awesome. Let's give just, it up. Just, just like I left New York because my daughters moved out here. Right. I dropped my gallery. As soon as Rachel moved, I left. We dropped everything. Right. And I'm as happy as I've ever been. It was the right thing to do. I'm glad I did it. My daughters are happy, and I'm ecstatic every day. And by the right. way, we got Dusko Blue Wine, Dusko Whiskey. <laughs> we got Poppington. All these socks are made in America. We, make, we go to Poppington. You know, we make every single thing I was doing before at a corporate level, mm -hmm. I do it now and more. We make dog shampoo. We make dog toys. We made oil. I just like to do shit. I just like to see if, like, because right. I see the people doing it. I'm like, they don't seem that cool or smart. I feel like I could do it. Right. I know what I did before, so I know what I could do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So we're going to open it up for Q&A. Natalia, where's Natalia? Oh, she's right here? Right here. Oh, you got to get the, the, the one. Oh, you are? All right, who's got a question? Yeah, I got you. What up, Dame? I just want to appreciate you for coming out and, you know, giving us this game. My name is Frazier. What's up, and, bro? Uh, What's up, Frazier? <laughs> wanted to know, like, you know, you, you're a diabetic, but what are some of your daily practices to keep your health in check and your mindset? Like, to survive as a diabetic is basically being a healthy person. So, again, I get up, I get my workout on, but I got to calibrate, I got to test my blood and calibrate my um, Dexcom, which is the app that tells me what my blood sugar is all day. I got to take my long-lasting insulin. You know, again, I've worked hard to architect my life where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable. So, we've been able to have a staff that could work in the house. So, we got the staff in the house now. Being diabetic means no stress. You see, I keep a puppy around me all the time, a beautiful woman. I don't work with men that much. You know what I'm saying? If I have to, I will, but, you know, <laughs> it makes no sense. I want to get shit done. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, um, and then I do, I'm, right now I'm editing. So while they're putting to everything together for Dash Diabetes in one room, I'm usually looking at uh, Honor Up. It's, fuck, it's driving me nuts. But, uh, you know, I'm almost, I got to hand it in. It's supposed to come out in February. It's coming out through Lionsgate. So I'm editing, I'm watching footage, I'm calling everybody that's a th that I need to call, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and then I eat. Rocky usually makes some really good food, some good breakfast. We, we're vegan now, you know what I mean? Take my insulin, you know, and move forward. I wait around till like four, and I sit around and wait for my daughter to come home from school. And then, you know, it's Tallulah time. It's Tallulah time. And then from seven on, for now, I'm editing, if I could. Or we go to the factory, you know. But you want to know more about the health, right? It, it's, it's more like the workout. 
the eating right, like as a diabetic or anybody, like type one is when your pancreas doesn't make any car any insulin. And everyone that eats, your 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 um blood sugar goes up, but your pancreas produces insulin that brings the sugar down. If you're diabetic part you know two, it means you're not making enough insulin to cover what you're eating. So that means you don't want to take so much carbs. Type one, which I have, means my pancreas doesn't make any insulin. You understand? So to be healthy, to av avoid being diabetic, it's not eating so much carbs. And also, like, I know that when I eat stuff that has preservatives in it and when I eat out, it makes my blood sugar go higher. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's, that's my day. And then, you know, I don't know. After the kid, we, 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 we uh more editing, watch a movie. You know, Rocky. Okay, we got the next question over here. Hey, Dame, I just wanted to say gratitude for coming, dropping gems. I've been waiting 20 years plus on this. I look young, but I'm not. Um, I have two questions. The first question is, what advice or gems can you drop on me for an artist to be, I'm looking to be self-sufficient. Like, I watch all your interviews when you're with Kenyatta and Wifey for Lifey on YouTube. And um, after getting just fired recently, getting a car repossession, you know, just hustling. I'm at this point where it's like, well, regular job is not in. I'm an artist. So the advice for how to be self-sufficient as an artist without working a regular job, and also I'm a conservative for mom who's on life support. Mm. So what would you suggest to me or advice can you drop on me to be self-sufficient without a regular job? I'm a hustler, so I'm still going to hustle and also look out for my mom to continue to raise money for her before I pull a plug on her. Well, That's what, my what, first question. What kind of artist are you? Like a singer or a um, painter? Or well, what? I'm a... I'm a I'm an artist in the sense of I have my own brand, which I, I've given shirts to you and Rocky for my clothing line. But I'm an artist as far as an actress. I'm a curator where I do events around L.A. So how do you want to make money? I just want to. This is what I do, right? Take yourself to five years. Where do you want to be in five years? I what do you want your day to look like in five years? In, in five years, I just want to When you be wake up, you saw I just said what I did. I get up, I work out, I go to the office, I edit. That's what I wanted my day to look like. I, I just want to create. That's not a life. You a, got, a cre influence. You have, you have to have a very direct. See, the thing about it is to shoot a movie, you need a script, right? You can't just freestyle it. You can't say, I want to say this or kind of like that. You have to be very direct. And then you put all your energy to what you want. You visualize it, and then it has to happen. So unless you know what you want to do, well, I do know what I want. I'm, so a, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker, so... so you want to make movies? Yeah, I want to make... I mean, <laughs> I've done that, but I want to do it to where I don't have to worry about a regular job. It. Yeah. This is the way I would do it. I'd make a short film. I'd go get a 7D or a digital camera. I'd get some people that believe in me, because artists usually hang out with other artists, and I would make something. Like I said, I'd make my own house so I could do what I want in it. So I would make as many a short film and give them as many short films as I can just so people can start seeing that you're good. I would star in the movie if I want to be in it or in the short film. But I would let them see it. I would create the environment so that I could do exactly what I want, and then I would do it all day long. Like a real artist is someone that's damn near obsessed with it. Like a painter should be painting eight hours a day. A, a, a band should be rehearsing eight hours a day. If you're a businessman, you should be doing your business eight hours a day. So if you're focused on something and you're doing it eight hours a day, then you're doing it at a professional level, but you gotta know what you focused on, and then you can take things into your own control. It's like, for like a, a, a singer, the way an artist or a singer or whatever's gonna make money is basically at his show. So to keep your, your, your career in your control, you just gotta make sure you can put 500 people into a room and perform. So you just incubate it, it's all about the flip. It doesn't happen overnight, 
it's not easy. Expect pain. Expect anxiety. Expect everything to go wrong and just be cool. Breathe easy and then just see it out. Because a lot of people start but don't finish when things don't happen the way. It's never going to happen the way you want it to happen. Ever. And if it does, do not trust it. It's the devil. And then my last question, my last question, I'm going to give a mic to her, is in my mind you're my mentor, but would you be open to mentoring me officially? Would that be something you'd be open to? If the title makes you feel better from this way we're relationship, it's official. Okay. <laughs> the title. <laughs> All right, we got the next question over here. How you doing? Um, I, wanted you, I wanted to hear you talk a little bit more about investing women. Like, can you talk about that philosophy? Because I, I like that a lot. Well, men have um, testosterone. We got nuts. So our job is to be number one, to kill, you know, be competitive. So when you got a bunch of, you know, um, um, alpha males in the room, everyone in that room is going to want to be the boss. And whoever's not the boss is going to be mad at the person that is. And if you're not, you might not even be a real man. That's why I don't understand. I, I, I only want to be the boss, you know what I mean? So you don't want to get around a bunch of men that are resentful to you because you're doing better. You want people to celebrate with you. Also, I find that men expect, they always want mommies. They want somebody to do something for them all the time. They're entitled, you know what I'm saying? They're, because of their ego, because of their testosterone, you can't even give a man constructive criticism without being f offended. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, like you having me keep you stupid. You mad because I took the time to tell you. That's how men are. And then the other stupid stuff that men do. And, all, and, and women, they know how to care about people before themselves because they mothers. So they know how to take care of children. You know, they take care of, they love things. So when you win, a woman is really happy for you if you're being honest and you're treating her correct. Now you get it tight. It's a rat. You know, if you do something that violates whatever agreement you have with her. But it, generally speaking, if you're honest with a woman and she signs on to something, as long as you do right by her, she, when you win, she wins. She doesn't feel jealous. She has no testosterone. She has the estrogen, so she's going to be a little more emotional about it, but that means cuddling. You know what I'm saying? And then when a dude disrespects you, you sometimes feel like you got to fight. You know, like the reason why there's basically a crew full of women, number one, is because Rocky's the boss of the staff. You think I want her spending eight hours a day with some other dude, he's going to fall in love. Somebody to give my girl attitude when he tells her, you know, none of that. I don't want none of that interaction with mine. You know, that's just what I choose. But generally speaking, I find that it's, it's a, like, what would you rather do? What looks cooler? Walking into the club with 20 dudes or 10 dudes or walking into the club with 10 girls all day? Why do dudes walk around with so many dudes? It's not logical. It is logical, but I don't like the math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, one more question. We're going to give it over here. Hi, Dave. Uh, my question is for the e-commerce space. That's where I'm in, in drop shipping. And it's new to me. It's a lot of research. Um, I've been spending a lot of money in Google ads. I wanted to ask you. Google what, ads, are, compared right. to ads, Google ads are so, for like $200, you could get like 50,000 people or something crazy. Right. What other. Targeted. What, right. <laughs> what other areas, um, like free marketing areas can I get into? Because drop shipping, it's, it's e-commerce, so, you know. So what, what exactly, how are you trying to make money? Well, drop shipping is basically when my, my customers come to the website and order something, the order goes to the supplier and they ship it directly to them. But what are you selling? Children's clothing. Do you make the clothes or are you selling somebody else's brand? 
yeah, they sell them from uh, the suppliers. I mean, like, again, if it's a little more work, but if, you know, you can sell somebody else's stuff, why don't you sell your own? Right. Why don't you make the clothes and sell it? So now you're controlling the distribution, which you are, plus the product. You got the profit. You're eating two ways. It's a little more work, but, you know, that's, that, you know, that's how I, I look at it. I can market it myself. Right. Well, the way I market things is, you know, lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, okay. you just sell what you are. If you sell a product, they should have a point of view. So really what marketing is, is just showcasing the point of view of the product, which should be natural. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know, Ralph Lauren, he was, you know, he sells ties and, 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 and polo shirts. That's it. But everything else to sell those things is this lifestyle that he creates. He buys cars. He has a car collection. It's going to be in his ad campaign. You know what I'm saying? His houses are in his ad campaign. A party, you know, you look at Vogue, their biggest ad is the movie, is the, is the pictures of the parties that they throw of all the celebrities that are in them that want to see themselves in the magazine. So you put a celebrity in the magazine and they're going to buy the magazine because they're in it. You know, simple shit like that for marketing wise. You know what I'm saying? So you make the product, you market it with a lifestyle and you know the distribution, you direct the consumer. Why, why, why let anybody in if you don't have to? Just other people that are going to help you towards your dream of ownership. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you were saying what's next. I was saying that would be, so now you have proof of concept. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you need to know that things can sell. So you know that you have an audience of people that will buy product if it's good. So just make good product and you know you have an audience. Just keep, the, you know what I do is I just keep everybody's email. Like I'm going to assault everybody. Like before I leave, I'd like to have everybody's email so we can have a direct connection with my product every day because I'm going to have somebody emailing you every day because I know Pizza Hut does it. You know what I'm Like every day they do it. Every day I get I don't eat Pizza Hut. And they hit me every, Domino's, that's what it is, Domino's. Every day they hit me on that. They don't care whether I open it or not. They do that. So the more content you have, the more you can hit people with certain ways. You can hit them on Twitter. You can hit them on email. You can hit them on Instagram. You can hit them on YouTube. You can hit them on Snapchat. You can hit them on Pinterest. Those are all platforms. Anything where there's a screen, I'm going to sell a product or give you some content with it. You know, just sell more stuff or also sell more stuff. You know what I mean? So if you're selling kids clothes, sell a rattle. Sell so the ancillary thing. So, like, if I have one fan, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sell him. I can't just sell him one thing all day. He can't buy the same T-shirt over and over again. But if he likes the T-shirt, he'll probably like the clothes. Rather, he'll probably like the oil. He'll probably like the liquor. He'll probably like the content. You understand what I mean? He'll, he'll like everything I got. So I just make more products to sell him. But just make sure it's good and honest. Like I don't sell nothing I don't use. So we love dogs. We make a dog shampoo. I like clothes. I make clothes. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. All right, one on this side. Yo, what's up, Dame? My name is Justin Hudson. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with you. I remember in high school, breaking my back, selling candy to get Rockaware shirts and jeans. Um, but respect to you, I have a brand. I understand why the price points were so high. But uh, Rockaway was high. And what and block you was from? Man, I'm fr I'm from the suburbs, though. <laughs> we had to work hard. But 675, man, you, you know what I mean? You can't get a lot with that when that was minimum wage. Yeah. But my question to you is, when Ye was tripping about the whole fashion industry, at some point, did you ever reach out to him and try to give him some type of advice? Yeah. Okay. How did that go? I mean, he's still, he's still wilding, though. So the, the, the advice that I would give anybody is that, number one, fashion is cash intensive. You have to have a deep pocket for fashion. You know what I'm saying? And what he was tripping about was that he didn't understand the business. So he wanted acceptance as an artist from people that, or rather as a designer, from other designers. People that, you know, do it their whole life, go to school, you know, have to really work. You know, fashion is the hardest business that I've ever been in, fashion. 
So you can't just say, like, because of my celebrity, I should be accepted. So the fashion business made him earn. He had to fail a couple of times, but again, it was a learning experience. But what he learned more than anything was not to use his own bread. He got sponsored, so he got his line sponsored by Adidas. So him making cool stuff and wearing Adidas at the same time for the budgets that Adidas has given him is probably way less than a commercial. So we got the, Adidas is paying for him to make a, a fashion line, wear their sneakers while he's doing it, and their, their, their stock is like, you know, double. They, they're like number one right now. So my point is, he's really not as crazy as you think. He figured out a way to get somebody else to pay for his dream in the form of sponsorship, but he still owns his own name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, over here. Hey, Dean. Uh, my name is uh, Tyree. Uh, I'm the history curator at the California African American Museum. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, I, uh, and I have a, a very deep passion for black history, and I've seen the work that you've done, and what you've done is create black history for us, right? And, Thank I, you. I, and I think he deserves an applause, right? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, because uh, 20 years from now, 30 years now, you will be in our textbooks as an entrepreneur and an innovator for the culture and architecture. That's why I documented it. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but, but recently I had a question I wanted to pose. You, um, I saw an article that you were selling a lot of your uh, old sneakers and your old plaques from Rockefeller days. Mm -hmm. And I, w I was curious, did you um, ever consider like working with a museum like myself? Well, <laughs> let, let, let me just clear that situation up oh, okay. for you. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because, sure. you know, because you're a historian, I thought you might have researched it. Uh, uh, anyway, so what happened was, sure, sure, sure. what happened was, um, I have a lot of, I had a lot of apartments here and there and stuff like that, and I leave stuff in different storages a lot. So I had basically, like, it was like I think an office that had got packed up in storage that I had forgot about, you know what I mean? So, you know, I left 500 pairs of sneakers somewhere in my plaques. So that kind of tells you about me and my plaques, and what I, you know, I don't hang up plaques, I put them in storage. So... I guess this was something that I put in storage 12 years ago, and I think they had reached out to some lawyer that I had fired, and he made some stupid um, offer for it, but it, you know, three years later, I guess it ended up at auction. You understand what I'm saying? And you know, again, it was something that I hadn't seen or thought about in 12 years, but when somebody's showing like my sneakers, like my son was like, yo, somebody got your sneakers. And I was like, what sneakers? My sneakers are in the, you know? And he's like, nah, sneakers from a long time ago. And it's like, a lot of people collect sneakers, but I used to just buy a lot of them to wear them. You know what I'm saying? I have no emotional attachment to sneakers. I just had a lot because I wore them, so I leave sneakers. I'm sure there's some 500 sneakers someplace else I forgot about. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that I could find it before it ends up in, you know, somebody saying they're me and they're auctioning it. So someone got me. It had art in it. Somebody got came up. I can tell you that. So I, I finally, I, I found the person. The, um, I identified the um, storage spot, and he told me the story, and he said he sold, he sold like a whole bin for like 18000 I was like, so what it was, a lesson for me was a lesson of letting go, right? So number one, why am I going to be mad about something I haven't been mad about in 12 years? I haven't even thought about it. You understand what I'm saying? And again, they're sneakers and they're records, they're gold records. I can get them to make gold records anytime and I could care less about sneakers. You understand what I'm saying? But I, 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 find, I found it funny that people are selling stuff that I forgot about. You understand what I'm saying? And I think, not funny, actually, it's, 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 uh, I appreciate it. I think it's dope. So definitely, when I do art galleries, and when I collect art, my agenda is to put my stuff in magazines at some point. I mean, in, in museums at some point. You know what I'm saying? That's why I create art, so it can be showcased, you know, in, in the right way. And the only thing that I hope happens 
that doesn't happen to every other artist that's been appreciated is that I can be appreciated before I die as opposed to after. You know what I'm saying? But I do know when I'm not here, it's going to be crazy. But I want to be here to see it. <laughs> Definitely. We'll talk about it. All right, but that's so the story of the, the sneakers, if anybody wanted to know. We're going to ask the last question over here. And because we've been live streaming this, we're going to ask one Twitter question because we've been getting questions via Twitter as well. Yo, what up, real quick, Real quick, too. Just so everybody knows, so we're taking the last question in the interest of time. But uh, Nick Noble, yo, where's Nick Noble at? Shout out to Nick Noble. Can, can we give it up for the DJ Nick Noble in the back? Uh, so when we wrap up, you'll be able to mix, mingle, and everything, and you'll be able to ask questions afterwards. So just for formality for the Q&A, we're going to have to wrap it up after uh, this question and the Twitter question. But you guys can still feel free to ask a question, come up, and do your thing, basically. Yo, what up, Dang? My name is Lord Sanctus. First of all, I want to thank you for your shoulder dance, man. That shit, like, changed my life back right. in the day. Second of all, you're an early adapter, so I wanted to know if you knew about, like, uh, blockchain technology, Bitcoin, and stuff like that. And I really think that it has uh, great implications for hip-hop, but I wanted to see what your perspective on that technology was, if you knew about it. I mean, I know about it, but I don't know enough about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't have no money to be playing with. To, you know what I mean? And so basically, I, you know, that's someone else's dream that might work. But right now, every dollar that I have goes into my dreams. You know what I'm saying? So paying for my movies and doing all these different things. And the one business that I haven't spoken about was the cannabis business. And I am a part of a group called G5 in Vegas. It's completely legal. Um, you know, it's, it's actually saving the economy in Vegas. It's funny to be someone that was in the street now, you know, where the cops were against you. They're carrying the weed and they're, they're regulating the weed. And to actually grow cannabis in, in Vegas, you have to be able to build a facility that, that makes the, they, they scrutinize it where it has to be clean. So you have to build it from the ground up. It has to be cleaner than food in Vegas. So, and that's what the precedent's gonna be set for the rest of the states when um, cannabis becomes legal. So if I would say invest in anything, and it's hard to just get in that game, I would say get into the content business, understand mm -hmm. your, 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 your value, your worth, right. and get into the cannabis business and pay attention to this diabetes business because it's affecting the, the rest of the world, the whole world. Word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're going to take the one question for Twitter, and then we'll but I don't know around. too much about Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? I've been looking at it. I know the stock went up real, uh, then I don't know if it went back. <laughs> like I said, I, I just don't have no expendable income to invest in nothing right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So uh, shout out, we're gonna, I'm going to look at the camera if they're watching. Uh, Chris Coldblooded uh, on Twitter, <laughs> shout out to Chris Coldblooded on Twitter, asked, uh, is it best to have your hands in many markets or just focus solely on one? Like I said, for me, it's different, right? I do what I love. I'm good at what I love. Right. So I just focus on what I love. I, as a business, I would never put all my eggs in one basket, but it's like something got to be paying the bills. And that's another thing. I don't think it's yeah. bad for people to have jobs. I think sometimes at some point you have to have a job. Right. But while you have that job, don't spend the money on looking good. Spend it on having a business and putting it into your dream. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, while you got, like... You're always, in, in a business, you got to lose money. You don't make money overnight. It takes about five years, no matter what, for it to get clicking. Like, realistically speaking, you're going to lose every day until that happens. And something has to be paying the bills. It just right. means you got to work a little harder. It might, might mean not so much time on Instagram, in the movies, hanging out on the blocks. And you have weed, to move smarter. Like, Jordan. you have to be more strategic, too. 
every single thing you're looking at. You become very aware because you're right. paying for everything. And you got bills to pay. Right. You know what I'm saying? But my point is, it's, I don't think it's bad to have a job. I think it's not. It's just bad to have a job and not be investing in yourself at the same time. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's all. Got it. You know what I mean? All right. So let's give it up for Dane one last time. Give it up for yourselves. Give it up to yourselves. It's so give it beautiful. up for yourselves.